0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 49 of Hit the Books. Today is Thursday, August 3rd. You are listening to us here. I am joined by my fellow co-hosts Ace and Mackie. No Jesse this week as I believe he's away for work. Uh was a little sketch on why he's not going to be here this week, just kind of left us in the dust, but I'll leave that up to him to hear whenever he's editing this <laughs> podcast. Um, I'd like maybe a little bit better of an explanation next week, but we'll get into that later. I'll hand things off over to Mackie. Mackie, how have things been with you?
1: Yeah, pretty good. Uh obviously missing Jesse this week. Like you said, huh? Fucking a little sus over there. I don't know. He's gonna have to explain that one. But just, uh,
0: just a text. Hey, I won't be there this week. It's like okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but other than that, not much going on. Um yeah, just uh talking sports, gambling,
2: you know how it is.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Um back I'll hand things off over to Ace. Ace, how things been with you?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Um, we were talking about this earlier in our group chat, but we're three and zero in our last three MLB plays, so pretty stoked about that. And uh, been doing pretty well on the personal card to start the today, the day today too. So um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate on Jesse too much. You can't really hate on him like you do with the running backs in the NFL. They're just like holding out and not telling you why. But uh, that's all right. We all know they'll come around <laughs> when you need them most.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. And to start off this week, we're going to get into our top three this week is going to be our top three NFL uh, jerseys coming into this year with all the new teams announcing the new uniforms, uh, whether it just be the new helmet with the uh, old uniform in the example that I showed you guys with the Carolina Panthers or a fully new uniform to go with the new helmet in the instance of like a Philadelphia Eagles with the Kelly Green. Uh, we're going to go through our top three that we're liking and we're most excited to see on the field this year. Um, who wants to start us off? Ace, you want to get us going?
2: Yeah, I can definitely get us going. My uh list is pretty classic, but um gotta throw it out there. Just love the way these jerseys look, honestly, and I'm souped for this season just because of it. Um coming in at number three, I'm gonna go with that Tennessee Titans Houston Oilers look. I mean, can you just imagine King Henry stiff arming someone into oblivion wearing that the the powder blue with the um with the stripes on the helmet? It looks like a college jersey to me. kinda looks like old miss, so that one's gonna be sick to watch. Coming at second, I think I've said this before. I got the Creamsicle Bucks jerseys. Really think they were one year late. Wish I got to see Brady rep that, but Baker Mayfield will be a dog in it as well. Hopefully, get some sick comebacks. And then, number one, I have my Patriots red alternates there. I mean, it looks like Christmas Day type jerseys, but they have the Pat the Patriots on the side of the helmet, the the bright red. I mean, it's iconic. So I'm, I'm hyped to see those on the field this year. I like the last ace. Yeah, that's oh, a solid yeah, some, um, some good color schemes. There's, honestly, there's not many
0: bad. There's not many bad picks. There's not too many bad uniforms that I think got uh, released this year. Obviously, people were kind of clowning the Colts and a couple of the other teams for uh, not having to, like a too classic of one to go back to. But I don't know. I think there's not many too bad decisions here.
2: Yeah, a lot of good colors and like even Mackie was saying before, I was mentioning that Vikings jersey couldn't put in my top three because of the flashy ones I mentioned. But even those like low key ones are just clean to me. So I'm excited to get some new looks in the NFL here.
1: I can get going now. Um, I'm going to give the Patriots one, as an honorable mention. I do really like those ones. It's not going to crack my top three. Um, number three, I'm going to go with the brownies. Those all white. It looks so clean with that orange and uh, that brown kind of that they have going for them. Um it looks absolutely sick. Can't wait to see it on the field. Number two, I'm going to go with those Houston Oilers, Titans ones uh, as well. Like you said, they look like Ole Miss, and Ole Miss looks sick out there on that college field and uh seeing uh these pro athletes wearing them is gonna be pretty damn cool as well. Um number one I'm going to Seattle Seahawks. That uh that green that they have with the with that kind of bright blue that's like dark enough though. It it looks so good together combined with those with those like silver gray helmets. Um it looks pretty damn good. Geno Smith is gonna rock that so well. So I'm excited to see those as well.
2: I like I like those picks Mackie. Thanks for shouting out my Patriots. But with those Seahawks ones I think the only reason I shy away from them is because I just in my mind, I feel like they were shitty when they wore those and like the good <laughs> legion of boom Seahawks, you know? But I guess well, I'm not too much of a fan, so I'll be hyped to see them on the field, those colors.
1: Yeah, that didn't really come into play in my picks, but good, uh, good point there.
0: All right, I'll get right into mine. Yeah, that is a solid list. Um, I don't really have like any order. It's kind of hard for me to put them in order. My honorable mention is going to be that uh, – that new blacked out uh, helmet that the Carolina Panthers announced, the black and blue and silver <clears throat> with the black jersey, the all black look. I really like that look for the Carolina Panthers. Um, my number three is actually going to be this new all white for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't like their red or black, but that all white look with the red numbers and the white helmet, I really like that for them. Uh, obviously, not too good of a team, so not really too excited to watch the Cardinals playing those, but definitely a fire uniform. Number two. I'm gonna go with the Houston Oilers. Uh, I really like that color scheme—that light blue and the red always pops. It's a classic one. Uh, and then number one, I'm gonna agree with Mackie. Yeah, I got the Seattle Seahawks. That that picture of DK standing there uh, with the new with the new Seahawks jersey on uh, looks super super clean. I love the silver helmet, but Ace, that's a good point. I mean, um, my my time my childhood watching these Seahawks when I hopped on the Russell Wilson bandwagon was the bright colors—the navy and the lime green—and watching them win the Super Bowl in those uniforms. But uh, we'll have to see what Gino can do in these new ones or throwbacks, whatever you want to call it.
2: Yeah, definitely a good list. Surprised to hear the Panthers added there. I know a lot of people are like talking up the Jets one. To me, that's nothing crazy, honestly. Um, there's a few other good ones, but good list all around, I'd say. The Kelly
1: Greens yeah, are obviously nice. There's no way I'm putting no Eagles in my top three.
2: <laughs> that's the thing. It's so biased. None of us are Philly guys, but that Kelly Green has to be one of the, that has to be one of the best ones. Every ranking you see that's, Perennial top three.
1: When I think of the Kelly th- of the Kelly Green, I think of Jimmy and his mugshot.
2: <laughs> I think of picking G Beal up from jail.
0: Yeah. yeah. In his I Reggie of, White jersey. Yeah.
2: I think of Randall Cunningham though. I mean, one of the best running quarterbacks of all time. Kind of forgotten about because of all the new ones nowadays, but he was a great quarterback back in the day. Really set the groundwork for guys like Vic, Lamar, and now uh, Fields and everybody else that's getting drafted. So uh Jalen Hurts brings back uh memories of that.
0: All right, and we will jump into the NHL. A couple quick points here. A couple of free agency, uh, or one free agency point and one um, other thing to touch on. We had Vladimir Tarasenko signing a one-year deal with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, That's a nice move for Ottawa, in my opinion. A nice young team to go out and get a veteran. Uh, Kind of, I don't know, Mackie, was there any, any say that there was a chance he stayed in New York? It was kind of writing on the wall he was on his way out.
1: He he wanted he costed too much and for a good reason. He's he still deserves that type of money. But I I think this is an awesome move for those senators that are trying to go over the hump and you know, those Buffalo Sabres are getting just as good as well. So you gotta keep up with them. Um Ace, you always like to cheer at me about that take I had on the on the uh Senators last year and maybe I was wrong about your Bruins, but this team is definitely on the up and up and they, they could make some noise this year as well. Maybe I I, I might have been a year early, but um this team is definitely building around that core that they have.
2: They were definitely poised for success with the moves they made last year. But it's so weird to me. You go and get Alex to break it, and then you ship him out the very next season. I thought that was a good piece to build around. I know they have a lot of youth. They have Pinto stepping up, um, Norris, all the other guys. You already know Kachok, Giroux, um, Chabot. Really scared about their goaltending. Honestly, I think in a stacked Atlantic, though, I think even with the Tarasenko move, they fall lower than you'd expect, in my opinion. I, I'd take the, the Sabres for sure and the Panthers. And then maybe even the Red Wings ahead of them.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a stacked Atlantic now, so they're just gearing up. I, d- I don't like that the move at all either. I think that was pretty pretty asinine, but, um, you know, maybe they see something that we don't.
2: I don't know. Yeah, they're bouncing around teams already so so early in his NHL career, so that's kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, Psycho, I mean, I feel like, how many years was it again, Huff?
0: uh it's just a one year one year deal i don't know how much the money is i I did see it somewhere it's nothing crazy but only a one-year deal
1: they like need four and that a half, i want to say they need that vet experience experience so they don't have it on the team nobody nobody on that team has really won anything or even been deep into the playoffs so having a guy like him obviously uh and, it, and that can still contribute to a high level pretty big pretty big player honestly the this
2: spurt? is just some speculation here but like I, we always talk about bringing a veteran presence, and that's right, but I feel like Tarasenko is one of those guys that just shows up, scores goals, and leaves. He doesn't really have an impact on the locker room. That's why you see him bouncing around now. Um, even when he was a superstar, he very under the radar. Um, I think his best years are behind him, but he'll have a good spot on a really good team.
1: You never know what goes on in those locker rooms. They say the same thing about Kawhi. You know what kind of player he is, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. The The background makes it a little different for me, too. I mean of Russian descent, going to join a team with a lot of uh, younger Canadian-American guys.
0: All right, and another point in the NHL. As we know, Bruins legend Patrice Bergeron no longer with the team. However, the team must now fill their captain vacancy. Ace, who do you think is going to get the C out of this trio? Pasternak, Marshawn, or Charlie McAvoy? I know I I, I think, I know the kind of, I feel like from a non-Boston sports fan, I feel like most people would say they're going to go with – I don't know. I feel like I would give it to Posternock. I feel like most people are going to say give it to Marshawn. He's been there the longest. He's been there. He's a part of this team. He's won the Cups. But I'd give it to the superstar, the young superstar that's going to be there and fill seats and that just signed the huge contract, what, a year ago.
1: There's only one answer here, I think. Ace, let's hear it.
2: No, let me let me hear yours first, Mackie, because honestly, this is a pressing topic in all of Boston media, even around the area, like people I talk to, who's going to be the next captain. It's, it's tough because we have such ties to these players. They've been here for a while, homegrown guys. It's like, oh, do you give it to the rising stars that are going to have it for a while and let them grow into the role and become a great leader? Do you give it to the guy who's earned it and he's actually still not that old? I don't know. I, I think it's it's clearly Marshan here. I
1: mean the guy the guy bleeds uh yellow and black and he is the face of that team, even though Pasternak is the best player on that team. Same situation as giving like Taze to see over Kane. Kane was the face of that team as well, or he was the best player on that team as well, but Taze was the captain of that team. And if you look at this team, Brad Marshan is the tone setter. He is the guy who will go out and get gritty and do the things that Pasternak isn't gonna do. Pasternak is your star guy who just everyone protects and he scores all the goals. But I mean, I don't think, I don't even think Postronach is expecting to get an, a, a C here. I think the good answer here is Brad Marsh, and I don't even think Charlie McAvoy should be in the question for the C. But, uh, Ace, what do you think here?
2: That's hilarious because, um, no, great takes, and I agree with you for sure. But, Personally, I would give it to McAvoy. The way he plays the game, the way that Brad Marchand and David Posnerock are caught up in other antics, they're not caught up with leading the team. If you watch the Bruins, Charlie McAvoy plays the most minutes night in and night out, plays a physical brand of hockey that you don't see in today's NHL, and he's one of the best American defensemen, best one, of the, one of the best defensemen in the world as it is. Um, great leader already with a young team. That's another thing I think about in the contract length of Marshawn. How many more years is he gonna be around? Do you want to just make it a rotating door? I don't really know. I feel like the easy answer, and I feel like they're gonna end up giving it to Marshawn to to mesh that new group, but I, I personally would have liked Chucky to grab it, but we'll have to see. I mean, honestly, it could go any direction. With the money and superstar power that Posternock has too, you can never count him out of the question.
1: But if you think about it, what is slap in the face to Marshan if you give it to Charlie McAvoy? Uh, even when uh, they gave it to Bergeron, didn't they make the joke that they were giving it to Marshan? And uh, it's, it's kind of like, like as a joke they were doing it because it was obviously going to Ber- or Bergeron. I feel like it'd be the same thing if you gave it to somebody else. Marshan's getting slapped in the face.
2: Do you think, honestly, with just knowing the Bruins' personality, following this team and following Marshan Lyra since he was in Providence and hanging out in Rhode Island, even? Um, like, yeah, he's in line, but I think feel like he's not the guy that wants that captaincy. I don't know if Pasta is either. They're not the most serious bunch. Um that's why they can do those jokes with Bergeron before. It's they all know maybe Marshy's not really that captain guy. He's got an A because he gotta listen up when he talks. But I don't know if he's that true, true leader. So I don't know. It's it's just something to think about. A lot of different personalities between the three of them.
0: I'm a, I'm pretty interested to see where that goes. Obviously, like I said, I think I think. I'm glad Mackie actually came out and said it because that's exactly what I thought is most people are going to say, you have to give it to Marshawn. He's been there all these years, but I don't know. I think I'd probably lean pasta, but it's tough to say. I feel like there's not really a wrong answer with those two, but I don't know. I don't know. Does McAvoy really have a chance for it? Do you think?
2: Yeah, for sure. The way he plays hockey too, like just versus pasta, look at him goofy, just likes to score goals. Doesn't really like to do much else. And His takes on any social media is kind of, outlandish he's not really like leading the team he's just like a chill guy having fun and then you got Marshawn, on the little ball of hate i mean he's more worried about chirping and maybe that's not the guy you want to give your c to just personally you don't tone, want you don't man. want your captain yeah. he's not
1: chirp. i don't think he's chirping to chirp but he chirps in good situations to set no, a I tone and change the pace of a game that's exactly what a captain does
2: he doesn't lead by example i'm just saying the way that mcavoy plays the game on the ice compared to the other two that's a leader by his play style, in my opinion. He's yeah, always that guy. Yeah, so... I don't but think...
1: Uh, uh, he's not a bad C, I just think that there's... I, I would give it to him third out of three.
2: Personally, with a, an original six franchise too, I don't want that revolving door of, okay, Marshawn's got it for two years now, then who's it going to? I want kind of want to groom someone and let them come into that role. You see a lot of captains. That was part of my years. logic,
0: is how much longer is Marshawn going to be there? Like, if you make him captain right now, what is it, three more years? Like, Yeah, Mac- three,
2: three or four
1: more years. I was going to say, how old is he? How many years do you guys think He's he has left? He's probably
2: like ride? 32. Yeah. He probably has like five NHL years left at least, but he has three like elite years, I'd say. Yeah, but you can still be a captain when you're not elite. Yeah, I mean, we'll just see. I, I mean, with Marshawn, I mean, with Pasternak and McAvoy, they just signed those big deals. They're both there for eight more years on the books. It'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm excited. I feel like you can't go wrong in any direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I don't think you can go wrong at all, but I just yeah, I just think it's a slap in the face to Marsham. But I don't I don't know how he how he looks at the situation. So um, gonna be interesting.
0: All right, we'll shift things over to the MLB where we will start off with our MLB power rankings for the week of July thirty first. Was that Monday? July thirty first, yeah. Already in right. August as we move into the final two months of the MLB regular season, starting to shift towards uh, playoffs and starting to shift towards who these who's going to lock up these divisions. Mackie, you want to go through our power rankings for this week?
2: A little bit of movement here this week, a little bit of movement. Yeah, definitely.
1: We're seeing a new face in here. So we got the Atlanta Braves obviously coming in at number one, most dominant team of the decade, in my opinion. Um, Baltimore Orioles playing incredible baseball coming in at two. Rays down at three, uh, up from the up from the four spot from last week. Even though they're kind of staggered at that spot, they're uh they're playing some good baseball still. Dodgers coming in at four, and the Toronto Blue Jays and the new face at coming in at five, edging out teams like the Astros, the Reds, uh, Rangers. So uh, they get the edge there. How, what do you guys think about this?
2: I was Astros pissed that, that my Astros eight. got Go snubbed. I was <laughs> pissed. I, I've been wanting them in the top five for so long, but it's it's a a right a righteous wait, right? Because Jordan and Altuve—they just just came back and they're already mashing. And then you got Verlander, which we're going to touch on. I mean, this team's getting healthy and they're getting good and they're bringing in better faces. That's not a team you want to see come playoff time.
1: They're getting hot too. I, I I mean, if they keep it up, I can see that. I can't see them not being in it next week. Um, they're right there. They're knocking on the door. But I just I couldn't. I, I I'm not. I also don't really love the Astros. I, you guys, I've said it multiple times for not too high on them this year. But getting Verlander, getting Jordan back, getting Jose Altuve back, teams coming back together and they're coming back in, into a championship aspect. So um,
2: That pitching they, staff they, nowadays, too. I was talking to you about the guy, JP all- France. <laughs> he's, he's come onto the scene, throws seven innings and allows less than two every week. And then you have Fran Valdez dropping the no- Javier. no-no. Verlander back. You have Hunter Brown, the rookie. I mean, the list goes on and on. That team's loaded. They're primed for a run. But the crazy thing is, let's not take away from the fact of the team that's leading the division, who's not in our top five, the Texas Rangers. They just added to their team pretty heavily, too. And they just keep winning. I hit them both on the run line yesterday, parlayed that one. That was nice. But two that's nothing, also, two why I didn't,
1: it's also why I didn't really want to throw the Astros in there because I didn't think the Rangers deserved it. But you're not—they're still sitting behind them in the division, and it's not even like they're coming up from like a ten-game lead that they had. I mean, I guess in the beginning of the season they had a, a bit of better of a better lead, but they're both playing pretty staggered baseball right now. So it's some of the same baseball. So I didn't want to put the Astros ahead of them just yet. Um, I I think they take over the division in the next few days. So uh, we're having a different conversation next week probably. But um, yeah, those Astros are getting really good, and we know what they can do when they get dangerous.
2: Absolutely. Oh, if you've been high on those Blue Jays that just got in, if you want to touch on them real quick.
0: Yeah, that, I I was riding them that past week, so I was definitely profitable on that. That series against the Dodgers, I think I took them uh, two out of the three games, and I think they ended up losing one that I didn't take. So I was uh, pre- I made out pretty good. They were pretty heavy underdogs out there. I think uh, the one I got them first five plus 175, I loved that. And uh, it was the game they ended up just – I think they wiped them like 8-1 or something. It got kind of out of hand. I think the Dodgers ended up coming back towards later on in the game. but. I'm right there with you. I think these Astros, we got to get these Astros in here. I think next week we're going to be seeing them. I got a future on them to win the AAL Ace. I know you got them to win the World Series. So um, I actually ended up taking them last week to win the division plus 110 on DraftKings. So I'm kind of all over this Astros team. I have two futures on them. I'm really hoping to see them uh, take over this division from the Texas Rangers. And seeing two of Mackey's Aces go one to each team in the division, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing comes down to it.
2: Yeah, it's funny to see teams like the Diamondbacks really slipping out. The Giants are sitting in the playoff spot. And then one team that's going to be kind of lurking and just in the Braves' shadow is those Phillies. I, I know I've been quiet on them a little bit lately, but I was, I've been high on them all year. That's a great team. They just added Michael Lorenzen, too. So, I mean, I think they're going to make a run. And that's a team you don't want to see in the NL. I mean, imagine you get got the Phillies and the Braves in, in a, an early-round matchup. That's not something the Braves want.
1: <laughs> if I'm the Braves, I'm not scared of anything.
2: Didn't they take them out last year?
1: Yeah, but I think this Braves team is just different this year.
2: God, I mean, the pitching might skew towards the Phillies in a series. No, no way. No way. I don't know. Who's, how do you stack up one through three?
1: I also am not a big fan of Aaron Noah, so I'd go Zach Wheeler, Wheeler one, um, Aaron Noah probably two, and then you go Ranger at three.
2: No, they brought and in the Lorenzen, Phillies. though
1: i', I just, I'm, yeah i don't I don't think you put him in the top three um Strider just tops them all off right right over on the other side uh Brett Elder's been a little worse these past few days. you obviously have Charlie Morton as well. I don't know Braves have options man it's no, least, I, 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 really it's,
2: I, I obviously lean the the Braves, but for a team that is it Bryce I thought it was Brett yeah no Bryce Elder he's kind of faltered a bit as of late, but he's a solid pitcher, and you're not wrong. I mean the Braves are the clear cup favorite I'm just trying to give. If you see someone in the playoffs, I don't think you want to see a divisional foe that's seen you a lot throughout the year. Um, they just beat you last year. That's a narrative in your head, too. So, I know that the Braves are heavily favored, but that I'd rather see the Giants or the D-backs or the Reds if I'm if I'm Atlanta.
1: Oh, yeah. These Phillies also got to get into the playoffs. I mean, they, they have a game on the Brewers right now who have a final wildcard spot, but that's a tight race down there. The Marlins, Cubs are getting hot. You know what like we have said from the beginning of the season, what that Cubs team, team can do. So. Um, we'll see it's a tough stretch down the, down the down the end of the season
2: imagine that san diego team can catch fire at some point too i mean we're all waiting for it i feel like so much they're star a, power they are on a heater right now i think yeah they keep that rolling they've won i feel like they've won like four of their last five at least but they're, they're i know they're a little ways five out of their but last six if they can get back into it that's another team you don't want to see just because of the talent they have they just made some moves at the deadline as well, but I think we're going to jump into some of those moves here, Right, Huff.
0: Yeah, right before we get into some of these trade deadline stuff, we got some more Otani news. The guys in the news every week. We talk about him every week. How electrifying he is! On a doubleheader last week against the Detroit Tigers on Thursday, Otani came to play in his first start on the mound, being removed or came to play in his first start on the mound since being removed from the trade block. Otani pitched a complete game in Game One of the doubleheader in a six nothing win. Batani then went for two home runs in game two of the doubleheader, leading the angels to an 11-4 game two victory. Butani continues to impress. Can these angels make a push for an AL wildcard spot? Yes. No.
2: I've been saying it for a while. I feel like if you're going to keep Shohei Batani, which you should be trying to do if you're in the major league baseball, then you're going to go out and buy at the deadline. They did that. And then you're going to go on a run. They've done that to put themselves in the conversation and then you're gonna finish it and get to the playoffs. You have to at least win a playoff series, in my opinion. And if they have any hopes in the guys around them that are gonna be there for years on these contracts, they're gonna be playing better baseball just because of what Otani's doing as well. He's getting the I, Barry I Bonds did. treatment right now.
1: I disagree. I mean, we've seen what this Angels team has done around Otani for the last two years, and it's been absolutely nothing outside of Mike Trout. It's the reason that they haven't been good. Last year they started the season like twenty seven and twelve and it ended fifteen games under five hundred. Um they're sitting in a tough spot right now. You have the the Rays, Astros, and Blue Jays that are sitting in those wild card spots right now. And even your Red Sox are right, out, right outside of there. So I don't see them even hopping the Red Sox in the first place. And I think the Mariners are even going to hop them who are tied with them right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams over there that are better than the Angels, in my opinion. And I just don't think they're going to get over that hump just because they have the best player in the world. Baseball is not like that.
2: No, I agree. I don't think they get in, but I think they have a chance to get in. I think they might push at the end of the season, too, especially with the way Otani plays. I mean, he pitches, too. He's gonna he's gonna get be like get on. They're gonna get on the ride and see if they can make the push. But I think that AL East is gonna beat beat itself up a little bit as well. So we might see some of them falter. But with the Astros and Rangers, one of them occupying one of the wild card spots, it will be tough. Those Yankees are just dead in the water, though. I wish you could just kill that AL Central, to be honest.
1: They should do it like the NBA and just have the top top seven teams or whatever. They have eight teams.
2: Yeah, right. That'd be much more interesting. But hey, you never know. Those twins, I got them on the card tonight. They they can win when they're good.
0: Remember we had them as a top five team in the MLB.
2: They should be with their staff though. Like look at their pitching staff. It's actually disgusting.
0: Yeah, i, I just I don't. Know. I feel like every time I take them, they'll be up like three one, and then their bullpen bullpen blows a game. I feel yeah, like yeah. every time I take them.
2: Duran and the rest of the staff in the back end is what kills them. But with Pablo Lopez, um, Joe Ryan, Kent Meda, I think they have a few other good guys as well. I mean, it's a good – Bailey Ober, I believe. It's a good staff. Yeah.
0: I thought it was Bradley Ober. It might be Bailey.
2: Yeah. but You know, you know
0: baseball names more than me.
2: Yeah, Byron Buxton is the one that's cost him, though. His injuries and light season is not, not been something. He's not playing so the pain. night.
0: I have him in fantasy. Yeah. He plays like one out of every four days, dude.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. And he's such a big prospect with a great tool set, but he can't put it together for some reason. Injuries hold him back.
0: And uh, is it? What's his name? Gallo's there, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, Gallo's back like 180 over there. I was going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's they, terrible.
0: They have pieces. That, their names that they pay don't ever do anything. Carlos
2: Correa. I don't know he's Another on guy. I haven't
0: heard. Is he? I was going to say, I haven't heard his name in two years.
2: Is, it, is, he, is he on the Twins or the Tigers? Either yeah. way, he's underperforming. No, Baez is on the Tigers. Correa's on the yeah, Twins. Those players
1: are very, very much the same person, though. They're underachieving players who are overpaid because of one year.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't yeah. say
1: one year, but they had a few good years, got paid, and they stopped, stopped practicing, I They're guess. not
2: the centerpiece of a team. You put them with no protection around them in the lineup, and they can't produce. I just
0: Googled Carlos Correa, and I th- it says this is what his it says his name is Carlos Javier Correa Oppenheimer Jr.
2: Oppenheimer. Uh, he must have seen the movie early on. Must drop the bombs.
1: That was corny as fuck, damn. Yeah, that was tough,
0: You <laughs> All right, all right. Here we go. It's- Getting into some of these trade deadline moves. My Pittsburgh Pirates had a couple of cells as usual, trading first baseman Carlos Santana to the division rival Milwaukee Brewers in exchange for shortstop, shortstop prospect Johnny Severino. The Pirates then sent first baseman G-Man Choi and pitcher Rich Hill to San Diego for three prospects. Um, I was cool with all three of these moves. Santana, uh, he just decided to finally start playing baseball for us a couple weeks ago. Uh, at least got some kind of offer for him. I don't know. There was kind of rumors that we weren't going to get much for him. And I mean, one prospect, I don't know anything about this guy, but um, G-Man choice, same thing. I think he played 25 games here in Rich Hill. He's 43 years old. We were not going to the playoffs, so you knew he was on his way out. So um, same (laughs) same thing, same situation every year with the Pirates at the trade deadline, just kind of get the expectations up throughout June and July and then sell, sell, sell in August. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up coming to this. I, the, like I said, these three guys aren't I don't think are any part of our future in any sort of way.
2: No, and you know what's crazy to me is that this was being presented as big-time news. I'm like, I mean, this is a great move for the Pirates. They're getting free picks for guys that don't matter, but these That's pieces aren't like, even going to do much. Rich Hill will help the most out of all of them, but the other guys are just bench players.
0: I was going to say, I think Choi's going to go there maybe, maybe bat. Like, I don't know. He, didn't, he did nothing for us. He's always hurt.
2: Yeah, and the look at look at the guys you have coming up. You're a young team. Those guys aren't a part of the future. Get them out. Bring in the assets. Why not?
0: That's why when they signed Choi this year, I was so confused because then they brought in Santana. It was like, what do we need two big first basemen for? Like that you're paying all this. I mean, they're not paying a lot for him. Pirates aren't paying one a lot, but yeah. So Pirates moving on from a couple of guys, like I said, I, I agree with that. Ace, get rid of the guys that aren't going to be around for the foreseeable future, at least. Thank God they're not.
2: Couple, Huff, I was just gonna say, thank God they're not getting rid of the young guys like they did before. I know that was in free agency. I was gonna, so. I was
0: gonna say, usually we were the ones that get, we trade all the young prospects. Now we're like, yeah, you can have Rich Hill for a playoff run. Have fun, yeah, like,
2: like enjoy that. Yeah, Rich Hill just, just Dick, for Dick for Mountain's falling off a cliff this year. I'll tell you that. Will he be they, a starter can, there? Are they gonna
1: put him? Like, what are they gonna do? No, well, he might start in the regular season, but if they make it to spot the spot start, long out, relief. A yeah, he's coming out of the bullpen in the 6th, 7th inning. It's I was going to say, he'll be a 6th, 7th inning guy. No, I don't, th- I don't think here.
2: that. I think he's the type of guy that comes in when one of your your middling starters has a tough start. And you're like, we're going to turn the page quick because these playoff sh- series are pretty short. We're going to give the ball to Rich Hill who can get us from 2-5, to 2-6 to six, without a worry. Trusting, trusting him for four innings is tough, man. Not, he's even, not, that, very good not even that, Mackie. You know these back-to-back series. If you're getting blown out early in a series, if you can get in, Right and you can just hand the ball over to Rich Hill to eat innings, you save your bullpen for the rest of the series.
1: Yeah, big time, big time. That's what they're thinking here, but I don't, I don't think
2: the Padres get it anyway. Yeah, cheap buy, but um, yeah, I don't know if I'd be going after him. But
0: The only thing I saw was one of the prospects. We got back Jackson Wolf, as a West Virginia alumni, so I always love that.
2: Yeah, I'd bring him back home to the same uh, mid-Atlantic area. Yeah, Alledain. same. Area.
0: <laughs> right up the Mon. All right. <laughs> And a couple of the trades that we already touched on. The New York Mets have officially entered a fire sale trading both Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander before Tuesday's trade deadline. Scherzer was sent to the Texas Rangers and Verlander is headed back to Houston where he won the World Series in 2019. They also dealt Tommy Pham to the Arizona Diamondbacks as they embrace a full rebuild. Mackie, I heard something Cohen said. Uh, We're looking for 25, 26. 25 is a little early, but 26 is more realistic.
1: Yeah, see, he didn't say that. Scherzer fucking said that. He went to a pro- press conference on the Rangers and aired out everything that happened in a private meeting. So Scherzer can go fuck himself with his 4.01 <laughs> ERA and he paid $43 million. What a scumbag, man. I hate him. I actually do hate him. He's not even that good. He had a terrible season this year. Um, you, pay, you pay the man $43 million and he puts up a 4 ERA. You got, guys, you got minimums, rookie minimums that are putting up way better than that. And then he's going to go to the Rangers and I or he's going to go to the yeah, he's going to go to the Rangers and I hope he shits the bed. But uh, you know, whatever. it's whatever. I'm not I don't I don't hate that we just did all this because realistically we weren't getting into the playoffs anyway. If you guys were watching that game last night, it's a story of the entire season. Um I don't think Cohen's wrong for for what he did. And if you heard about Francisco Lindor's press conference, he's he's all in on it. He's he said he came here to win and if they're not going to win this year, and, and just rebuild for the next year or two. I mean, you have the core to build around these two pitchers that you're getting rid of. They're 40. They're 40 years old. And you're paying them 43 million dollars. So by the time you're actually going to get to beat competitors again, they're going to be too old to even make that much of a difference anyway. So I, I like. I like it. We're getting prospects. um I i can't. I can't complain. I really can't complain about this. And we'll see if it works out. You know, for the Mets, so it probably won't work out. But uh, I, I just don't like what Scherzer did. You're airing out. You're airing out some business that you just have no business doing.
2: Honestly, I love the fact that they were so quick to pull the plug. You're right; those guys are aging veterans, and they're they need to be on a win now team. Regardless of your hate towards Max Scherzer, pretty scummy thing to do. We all know we're going to be watching him in the playoffs. He's going to be towing the rubber in Game One uh, of whatever series we see him in. Him, I think you give it to him over Avaldi just because of his uh success. However. I mean, I like the other moves. Tommy Pham, Mark Conha, David Robertson. Those guys are all parts of winning teams, but that's elsewhere. Let's pull the plug on this and really reset it. You have a lot of guys already that are up making their rookie debuts this year that hopefully can pan out. Guys like Brett Beatty kind of letting you down. But uh, you restock the system. I mean, letting you down, I, I expected more from them early on, but more of a platoon. Yeah, let him, let him get in the way. That's what I, I'm saying. He's not like are really cool at their all. farm system in there giving these guys some time to work out the kinks now, but they threw in the towel pretty freaking quick. I just remembered six months ago we were talking about, is this team a world series contender two months ago? We were talking about, is it them or the Phillies getting back in the playoff race? And now it's, are the Mets getting the number one pick?
1: They just, they, <laughs> yeah, they just, they just never got there. The team never came together. It was, there had to be something deeper than what we, what we could see. Cause obviously that roster is what it is, but I like all those moves except for David Robertson. I don't. I didn't really like dealing him, but um, you know, we're just looking to it for, towards the future now. At this point, there's nothing else to it.
2: Yeah, he he's he's not even your long term closer. He was just a stopgap with Diaz out for the year. Um, who really gave that team life coming in? But I I like the moves by the Astros. We touched on that before to get Verlander. I like the move by the Rangers to match it with Scherzer. I think Scherzer went first though. I believe. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. But that's crazy how they go head to. Head to head now. I mean, the Mets definitely dealt them knowing that too. So that'll be some good TV. Thank you, New York, for that.
1: But if we do remember, Ace, you're talking about uh, Scherzer getting that game one when they do get in when um, the Rangers do get into the playoffs. Remember what happened last year when he got game one against San Diego, he got lit up in game one, and then they had to go to the ground for game two, where they wanted to save for the for the uh, for the first for the first round after the wild card, but they couldn't. They had to go send him in game two. And he did win that game because DeGrom's actually a good pitcher. But, you know, Scherzer, uh, you're going to give him the spot, and he's probably going to get lit up again because that's what he's been doing all year. So we'll, we'll see what the Rangers do. I think but if you're Astros the, if you're the Texas
2: way. Rangers, you haven't been around, you haven't been relevant in this long, you go and get a name like Max Scherzer, that's a good move, especially for a team looking to get over the hump. We talked about last week who's going to go get that guy. The Rangers and Astros both went and got that guy. Like Those are two of the biggest names in baseball you could have gotten at the deadline.
1: Yeah, I just – I mean, you're going to give the game to Scherzer because it's Scherzer and you just went out and got him, but I think you're better off giving it to a vet that's been there and the team trusts and – Avaldi. The team knows. He's brand new yeah, too. Yeah,
2: probably. probably. But he's a playoff performer. Ace. Yeah.
0: Wander Franco, two-run shot, top of the first, no one out.
2: Oh, let's go. Those Rays at plus money every night now, and those Yankees so overrated, and I hate Garrett Cole. That guy stinks.
0: I can't. I just can't. He's, he's the one guy I can't bet against. He just gives
1: oh. up home runs, man. He gives up home runs. He truly does. The hard,
0: I mean, the faster they come in, the faster they come off the
1: bat. If you hit it, it's gone. Ask Rafael goal? Devers. I say it all the time. Watch, he's going to give up two runs in seven innings, but the game's going to be 2 nothing
2: after seven innings. I was going to say, I was the, gonna say the Yankees, Yankees will to score. McClanahan on the other side, too. That's a good matchup.
0: That's what, I'm saying. It's what we said. The Yankees won't score. This could be the final score, like 3 nothing,
1: Rays. <laughs> hmm. I mean, the, the race- Red Sox fell apart today, man. It was a big yeah. game.
2: West Coast trip. I mean, it was Cutter Crawford day though. This was the one game of the series you didn't see me put him on the card. So, I mean, I, I didn't expect much with him on the mound. But it was really the bullpen that blew it. He had a good good outing, five innings pitch yeah. five Ks, but yeah, three nothing. Yeah, just blew it up. You got to be able to hold that. But I think after what back to back games that went to extra innings, that bullpen's pretty uh, beat up, especially on the West Coast trip. But Red Sox team is going to be. If they play better than 500 baseball, the rest of the way, I'd be surprised. But get a lot of of healthy guys coming back soon, which will be nice.
0: Absolutely. And a couple of the other moves, a team that we talked about maybe needing to go out and get another arm was the Baltimore Orioles. They did just that, trading for uh, St. Louis Cardinals starting pitcher Jack Flaherty. Uh, And some of the other teams that bolstered up at the deadline include the Marlins, Phillies, Padres, Angels, um overall, who would you say got are the winners are the biggest winners and losers of this year's deadline?
1: Gotta say you gotta say the Astros are up there for the winners. Um I don't know, Ace. Let me hear you I I, I, hear I know you don't like
2: those Angels, and I agree with the take you had about them making the playoffs earlier, but for making moves, they got Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, and CJ Crohn, Randall Grechuk. I mean, those are good pieces to add in. No, I think Greechuk went uh, to the Marlins actually, but CJ Crohn uh, as well.
1: How like how good do you think those pieces really are? They're just gonna take make a mediocre team a little a little less mediocre. I mean, Gialito, CJ I mean,
2: CJ uh, probably the third best pitcher that was dealt at the deadline.
1: Behind Scherzer and, and uh yeah, Merlander yeah. I don't think I mean those I are big names. He's, a, four, six,
2: he's, he's a, a bad four, year. He's not bad right. year, but like you know how pitchers can be. He's not that old. He has he's had great years previously. I think that's a good guy to add for the future, personally, too. If you're gonna lose time, you might as well get Giolita. But um, yeah, CJ is like one of the few three hitters that's been sent around. I liked what the Marlins did. They made those low key moves with they bring in Josh Bell, they brought in Jake like Berger, Jake Berger yeah. from the White Sox, and they brought in yeah, David they went, Robertson.
0: They just went out and got hitting.
2: Yeah, they, they got middle of the lineup because they have guys like Luis Arias that get on base every time. They have Jazz the Chisel home Bell, back. Man. Jorge Soler is the only power bat really in there, so yeah, add some more protection around them. It's going to be kind of a deadly lineup down there in Miami.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, when, when you say all those names, I didn't realize that. That is going to be a pretty impressive lineup.
2: Yeah, I mean, those were guys that were being underutilized on the teams they were at, so I think they'll hit for power down there, especially in the NL. Gotta like what the Dodgers did, too. I mean, th- if they can add anything, it's a good uh, deadline for them. But they grabbed a bunch of pitching, some utility guys for the bench. I mean, they know how to what it takes to win, and they find the right pieces. They did it yet again, my opinion.
0: And here we'll get right into this. An interesting deadline development saw veteran hurler Eduardo Erod Rodriguez utilize his no no trade clauses. He deferred going to the LA Dodgers. He went on. A, he went on to cruise to his seventh win in a dominant performance earlier today against my Pirates. Um, so not wanting to go to the Dodgers from the Detroit Tigers. Pretty interesting uh, development there uh, that you think most people would want to go win. Ace, you said, I guess this guy doesn't want to pitch past September. Um, I, I can't think of many reasons he wouldn't want to go from Detroit to L.A.
2: I found one thing after I did some research on this. I was like, hmm, what's a possible narrative? Um, I saw people saying, oh, it's because the, the Dodgers took them deep in the World Series that the Red Sox beat them in their pitch. I'm like, that's a terrible take. Um, it's, it's actually, in my opinion is it's a, he's on a contract year and he went, he left Boston to get the bag from a bad Detroit team. He's going to pitch in the worst division in baseball, rack up those stats, continue a strong year instead of being in the spotlight of LA and he's going to get the bag this offseason again. I mean, I understand that point of view and he's, he's the guy out there in Detroit right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. I didn't really think about that because he'll probably just sign with another ass team for way too much money.
2: Or someone even like the Dodgers. Someone's going to overpay him because he's he's pitching well. I mean, the stats don't lie, and he passes the eye test as well. But imagine you go out to L.A., you got to play like all those teams like the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Giants. Not only that, you're in the spotlight a lot, and you're in a playoff push. You can only hurt your stock, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he's in a shitty division, just racking up stats right now.
2: Yeah, I mean... AL Central, I mean, where else would you want to pitch right
0: now? Exactly. And last night we had Framber Valdez throw a no hitter on Tuesday in a 2 0 victory against the Cleveland Guardians. He faced the minimum 27 batters and threw the fewest pitches of all time.
1: Yeah, he had one walk, I think.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it was one walk because they had. um, They split the double play. They had to have. That's going out second or
2: something. The 27 sucks, batters, man. he he did it with the fewest pitchers in the modern day baseball as well. That's pretty crazy. I mean, he's efficient and I didn't night out, but he doesn't have great stuff either. He's just, like I said, efficient pitcher and a no-no from that. He's pitched the contact well.
0: He's really good. I ch- I try to be on the Astros every time he pitches. And last the last his last start, I got burnt and I made up for it last night.
2: I'd take the Astros probably the most out of all of us. I just think that's such a good team. And now that, like I said, they're healthy now. That lineup, you have uh, Kyle Tucker's playing great baseball. We don't talk about him enough, but they have him. They have uh, Altuve and Yordan, like we always say. They have that young shortstop from Rhode Island. Can't think of his name right now, but they have they have good guys all throughout the lineup. Who, and that Pena? pitching staff, even deeper. Yeah, Jerry Pena. Rhode Island guy. But, um... Yeah, Frambois is the three, right? He's the it's three crazy. on the staff. Insane.
0: It's, it's insane. Just that pitching staff. Him, Javier, you said it, JP France. Now they got Verlander back. Like. Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown. Yeah, that's, that starting five is gross. And then you look at the bullpen, it just you gets it. better. Preston's pitching on too.
1: you got to cut it down in the playoffs. So who are you giving the one, two, and three
2: to? JP France, the young guy. He's been a reliever before in his career. Frambois is in that
1: top three for sure.
2: He's left-handed yeah, too. Yeah, if I go helps.
1: Berlander, Framber, and you go Javier, I'd go.
2: Is Javier left-handed? Mm, no, he's a no, big righty. righty. All right, well, yeah, that's righty. what I'm saying. It's gonna be yeah. It's Framber's the only lefty. He'll get that second start, and then I bet you go with Hunter Brown towards the end, just because he's like the the higher pedigree starter over France. Even though France, France goes seven innings every week and gives up less than two, that's crazy to me. But he doesn't have the strikeout totals. The mustache will be out there in the playoffs, though. Mustache goggles, come on.
1: Now a message from a partnering podcast.
2: Farty! Farty!
0: Come Uh, here, boy! Farty! Hey! What? Are you trying to tell me something, boy? uh, What? The Black Liggy Collective Podcast? uh, What? BLCPodcast.com? And Twitter? uh, And YouTube? uh,
2: Farty! Thank you so much. <laughs> boy. Good boy, party.
0: <laughs> and another star pitcher coming back. The Toronto Blue Jays got a boost as Hunjin Ryuk made his start in over first start in over 14 months. Can this team get into postseason play? A team that we saw slide into our top five of our power rankings this week a team that I said I was on the past couple of weeks. I did take them last night. I got burnt. um, Or no, not last night, two days ago against the Orioles. I like them. uh, But this Orioles team, they're coming into Toronto looking for vengeance tonight. I do like the Blue Jays to not get swept tonight with Kikuchi on the mound, but uh, last night, Ryu got, I mean, what was the score? I think I, I saw he gave up three earned runs or four earned runs in the first couple innings, and people were
1: saying. 13 to 3 final he score. Waited,
0: he waited 14 months to come back and give up all those runs. It was just, like, not a good situation, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he'll get back to it. Maybe not his old self, but I think that's a tough look for your first start back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he'll turn around. It's yeah, just another this, left-handed uh, arm. We like to that, put him in our top five. I think I just lagged there a bit, but yeah, I, was just gonna, I was just going to say another left-handed arm to add to that staff that's already pretty prolific. I mean, can never be mad about that. He'll get into form. He hasn't played in so long, but he's a good hes a good pitcher. World Series ring, I believe, or maybe just missed one. But he got that bag in Toronto right when he left uh, L.A.
0: I thought he got one with the Dodgers.
2: Yeah, I can't remember if he, they won or lost when he was with them.
0: Yeah. Huh. I guess one them, no, I do never know. He I mean, lost his
2: spot to Julio Urias. I know that, and ever since then, Urias ran with it.
0: Yeah. And we'll head down to Atlanta, where Spencer Strider just broke his own record for the fastest pitcher to 200 strikeouts in a season.
1: This guy is unbelievable, dude. I mean, he's just pure strikeout pitcher. This guy, all he does is strike people out. It's pretty cool. Uh, I think he blew two by Otani the other night or last night. So, um, even doing it against the bench against the best as well, so that's pretty
0: cool. Dude, the craziest part is his over-under for K's every night is set at like nine and a half, ten. Like it's never like the average pitcher where they're getting the six and a half, seven number. He's always nine and a half, almost ten.
1: And who's taking that realistically?
2: Not me, but I'm, I'll take them. Yeah. I mean you guys i haven't been taking it as of late, but take the Braves minus one and a half and that's all you need to do.
0: Yeah. I, I'm sticking I'm sticking it when I sent that last week. I'm taking it every day and just I'm just gonna see what happens. <laughs>
1: up
0: 11 runs. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to lose. Well, to hit, they, I think they got one in the eighth. Yeah, they hit a home run in the eighth. <laughs> All right. I think that is going to do it for our baseball coverage of this week. Stay tuned next week for our power rankings and everything else, as we said, and as we wind down to the 2023 MLB playoffs at the end of September. Um, We will get into the NFL where we have football this week. How long have we been waiting to say that? might not be regular season. Uh, It's a little bit of preseason, but get used to football on Thursday nights again as the Pro Football Hall of Fame game takes place Thursday night at 8 p.m. between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. I will not be betting on this, so I am not going to go over a line and give you an opinion on this. I know Zach Wilson is starting. Aaron Rodgers won't be playing. I don't know exactly who's going for the Browns ace. I don't know if you know anything more about this, but I personally won't be betting on this or most preseason games this year. So um, if you want to jump in and give an opinion on this, I know Mackie said the same thing, but um, obviously my takeaway from this is football is back.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm just hyped to get the game out there and this will be a fun one to watch two teams with high expectations. Um, Hopefully we get to see some guys that are fighting for roster spots, but yeah, not not too much in the know of what's going to go down, but I know it's never a bad path to take the under here in these games. Not a lot of points are flying off the board, and it actually flies by pretty quick for the first football game of the year. But um, I know I'll be tuning in at points. I don't know if I'll watch the whole thing, but I'll, I'll, I'll catch some of it and hopefully we get some good highlights out of it.
0: Yeah. Over-under set at 33.5, and as of right now, the Jets are a 1.5-point favorite, a minus 125 money line. Um, Ace, I think it's a pretty good point. If I were to take anything on this, it would be the under, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away for the unknown.
2: Yeah, definitely. It might be a live bet type thing if I find the under really being a low.
0: Like if someone scores a touchdown on the first drive and it goes to like 42 that, yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. And next, obviously with training camp starting up last week and with football season coming back, that means we are going to have some unfortunate training camp injuries. Miami Dolphins cornerback Jalen Ramsey is expected to miss six to eight weeks after suffering a meniscus injury that will require surgery. And the next one is the big one that we've all been talking about. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow suffered a non-contact calf injury to his right leg at training camp Thursday, Burrow was carted off the field. So two of the bigger injuries, Jalen Ramsey first year in Miami. Uh, We're all excited to see what he adds to that already elite team in defense, but a Super Bowl, the public Super Bowl pick is the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Burrow just went down with a calf injury. He's had the leg issues in the past. I'm not sure if it was his right leg or right ankle last time when he had the issues, but I don't know. I feel like it's the second or third time we're hearing about Joe Burrow with a calf injury, and not a good look whenever he's hopping off the field at training camp.
2: Yeah, you know what T.J. Watt's doing out there in Pittsburgh right now? He's practicing hitting that exact spot, and so that when it comes doing time, calf can raises, get, that's what he get, he's doing. Get Joe Burrow out of the pocket and out of the game, maybe. You hate to yeah, say it, though. Me I mean, he's consensus, consensus number two quarterback in the NFL. And uh, prying for a big season, looking to make that leap, maybe get his first-ever ring. And tough start for it. Might put them a bit behind schedule. And a tough division. A tough division. You got those pesky Steelers that hate to have losing seasons. The Browns have high expectations. They have Lamar Jackson with a fully loaded Ravens team as well. Am,
0: am I wrong? Did he get hurt last year in training camp? Oh. Burrow? Bro.
1: No, he didn't, but if you guys do year. remember, the Bengals started 0-2 last year, and they came back and ended up like a 12-5, and whatever their record was. So um, a, a slow start to them isn't really the worst thing in the world. We've seen it before, and like you said, they have the second-best quarterback in the league, so if anyone's going to bounce back, from it, it is going to be this guy, aside from Pat Mahomes, obviously. Um, I, I wouldn't get too worried. I think even if he misses a game or two in the regular season, the Bengals will be fine. They'll see themselves in the playoffs. That's all they got to do is get to the playoffs, and they can pretty much beat anybody.
0: This could be a nagging injury for these these Bengals fans. I'd be Those worried. Those injuries no, 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 no. hope, don't they? Lucky <laughs> for him, he's wish. a pocket
2: passer, so he'll be able to get back to form sooner rather than later.
0: I was going to say, yeah, he's not trying to break anyone's ankles out there. So, um, And then amidst the, the crazy NFL running back market superstar, Jonathan Taylor, has officially requested a trade from the Indianapolis Colts. Who do we see going after and landing this expensive running back, or do we see him staying put in Indy? Um, Some interesting comments made by Jim Ursay at training camp. I don't know if you guys heard this. He goes, if I die and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one will remember either of us. Uh, Tough, tough situation. You never want to hear that from your boss or your owner or whatever it is in in the workplace in the NFL. I don't know if I'd ever want to hear someone saying that about me. It's pretty Mm -hmm. tough. uh, Tough thing to say. But uh, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm trying to find the fastest way out of Indianapolis as possible.
1: What an absolutely crazy remark! And if you if you've seen a picture of Jim Irsey recently, he looks like he's about a croak any day. So oh, he looks like maybe,
0: a, he looks like he just sits in his house and does coke and meth all day. Like <laughs> he looks like he has serious drug problems.
1: Maybe that has something to do with it. But then again, Jonathan Taylor asked for sixteen million dollars in the midst of this of this running back lockout that that might go on soon. So that was pretty crazy for him as well. after a though, shit year. Well, he was injured, but everybody's yeah, I mean, injured when they're playing bad. You're not you're not coming off of like the the best year of your life, and you come out and you want sixteen million dollars when Saquon Barkley just signed for eleven, and you know what's going on with this with these running backs right now. Um, I I don't think I, I don't think he's he's gonna play for the Colts after all this, but I don't think any team is gonna give him sixteen million dollars right now. I mean, I At think first, the entire I think the entire NFL is is agreed on not paying their running backs a certain amount of money. I personally and I just think don't he's think a, Jonathan Taylor's the it.
0: guy to go out and get sixteen million. Like if
1: there, if you were to Give tell me him, one of
2: these, mm, one of these he's running backs is worth more than those league. other guys. He's younger. He, he had one Saquon's good year was two
1: years ago. Saquon's too old, Saquon had too many
2: injuries. You say Saquon's too old? Too old. Too many injuries, in my opinion. I'm I'm pretty sure they're the same exact age. Saquon and Taylor, really?
0: That's what's wrong with the running back market. They all you play three years good, and you're hurt and overused.
2: Yeah, well, he no. didn't play Six. three years good. He played one year good. Saquon's been hurt, been injured multiple times, though, even dating also, back to college. I,
0: I also feel like a lot of the Saquon, like, yeah, he's had the season ending during uh, the knee injury or the ankle injury. I forget what it was, but there were certain times Saquon's rookie in second year, I feel like he was just sitting out games because it was the Giants, and that team was in a tough spot.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe you're right, but... Yeah, it is tough. I mean, if McCaffrey? I'm an NFL GM, I'm not paying any of them. Like, I'm not giving McCaffrey $16 The only 16, one I'm though. paying is B. Hey, John Robinson. That's why you're signing him with that first-round pick. Yeah. But it's, I it's don't know. I was going to say, like,
0: McCaffrey's not going to get that money. He, $16 million. He can't even give you
2: 16 games a year. Do you remember last year, though, when Jonathan Taylor was out? Who was the bum that came off the bench after they traded Naeem Hines and he rushed for over 100 NFL Mack? touchdowns? Was it Marlon Mack? No, it wasn't. It was somebody I'd never heard of. I've got to look it up.
0: Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is going to drop me nuts.
2: Colts running backs. Um, 2022. He was a no-name guy. Mm-hmm. Deion Jackson.
0: Deion, yeah, that's I would have never guessed that. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would have never guessed that. Do you remember that, though? I think it was when when he started being a late-game scratch a lot, Taylor, and Dion Jackson, let's see. He had a game where he rushed. It might have been someone else even. Who was, who was their schedule? Let's see. AC were right, by the way. Jonathan
1: Taylor has two years on Saquon. Yeah. Ace while he looked this Which is up, important. I saw
0: important. Two years is
2: a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah, it is. Especially as a running back. I saw someone say, um, it was like a it was like a meme of Anthony Richardson at a press conference, and it was like, So what position are you gonna play this year? And he goes, quarterback, running back, fullback, wide receiver. <laughs> it's just basically him playing every position.
1: He is an athlete too. <laughs>
0: I'm sure they'd be happy with just 11 Anthony Richardson's on both sides of the ball. Doesn't matter even off an offensive line, you still can't catch him. <laughs> hey, yeah, but if, if I'm an up and coming player,
1: say, say I'm like 15, 16 years old, fresh out of, or fresh in high school, the last thing I want to be right now is a running back. You you know that the, the the market's just for your future it's just not looking good. If when you're that young and you're that athletic and you have the chance to go to a different position, I'm doing it what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And another offseason injury that we've had at training camp. Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick tore his Achilles at training camp this past week. This is the second straight year that Tim Patrick has suffered a season-ending injury in training camp last year, tearing his ACL. I was really excited for him to get back with this new Broncos team with Sean Payton and Russ and see what he's able to do. Still not having played a game with him, but looking like we're going to have to wait another year on that. Um, So... Um, Then for the first time, the NFL will air a Super Bowl alternate telecast this season. CBS and Nickelodeon are teaming up to offer you Super Bowl 58 slime cast tailored for the kids. So obviously we've all seen the Nickelodeon broadcast of the wildcard games that we get every year. Um, We are finally going to get it for the Super Bowl. I think for the Super Bowl, I'm still going to stick to the original uh, broadcast, uh, the, the wild card one. It's fun to flick 2-0 every once in a while, but I don't know. If the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. I need my guys on there. You, you sure you have, don't
1: want to watch Spongebob run across the screen?
0: I can't have Patrick Starr calling, and Patrick Mahomes, touchdown. <laughs>
1: like, I I, it's just <laughs> AI
2: crazy, shit, man. Though it's crazy, though. They really did it for the Super Bowl. I mean, I guess you're going to get the kids to catch it at a younger age now, too, and
0: I was I kind of said the same oh, thing. I was like, oh, they totally skipped right over the AFC and NFC championship instead of being like, let us get one of them, let us get one of them, and then the other one's fine, because they're both on the same day, or let us get the A- whatever one's first and we'll do the alternate broadcast. We don't even need to
2: do both. It just nope, we're doing the Super Bowl. Who's more excited? The NFL or Nickelodeon, you think?
1: Nickelodeon, definitely. I I personally think dude, when I was ten years old, I would not have watched this on Nickelodeon either. Like I, I don't know. I feel like this isn't even if you're like a real sports fan. Like even when you're younger, you don't want to watch like an animated version of it. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to. I don't know. Not if to talk down on like the younger that.
2: generation, but the Fortnite generation right there might love to catch this on Nickelodeon, especially like their parents are watching the game downstairs, or not even their parents aren't sports people. I mean, nobody's watching regular Nickelodeon at that time. I don't think so. Like why wouldn't you throw that on? It's it's a good marketing move by the NFL. Get some new viewers sell some more merch and then nickelodeon definitely popping it off i think that's a great move by them
1: you think the nfl profit or is more excited for it and profits more than nickelodeon oh for sure for sure
2: i think it's pretty. i think it's pretty equal deal well there's no merchandise being sold by nickelodeon true The and the, the nfl merchandise especially like the kid gear and like even if your kid watches so imagine you're a parent that doesn't or like sports and your kid doesn't or you don't even like sports that much and you realize that your kid watched a Nickelodeon game and now they like some team you just buy them some kids gear i think it's just a great marketing play all around
0: i think but i think like what Mackie said i think anyone that gets to work with the nfl it's an instantly just boosting all your numbers yeah. i mean i it's the biggest the biggest baddest company in america there's a reason that every sunday is owned by basically or sunday monday and thursday now i wouldn't say thursday as much but sunday and monday the nfl is king
2: Hoff, uh, I, I bet you i bet you you can uh think of a few people too like maybe people that you uh friends with work where there's something people that aren't sports buffs but they would be like i'll throw on nickelodeon just to check <laughs> it out <laughs> we'll, see,
0: we'll, see, we'll watch someone get slimed. Like, think We'll watch someone get slimed as they score a touchdown. That's cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I miss Trubisky, MVP. Yeah, the MVP, dude. It's more important than the Super Bowl MVP. So.
0: All right, and then to end off this week, we are going to end off with our top five of the NFL this week. Back again with another week for our NFL positional rankings. This week, we're going to focus on the centerpiece of defense the inside linebacker position. Who do you guys have rounding out your top five in the middle of the field?
2: I can definitely get us so, rolling here. I'm excited to get tell this what to
0: go here. I didn't see this in here until right now, so I need to make this list. Yeah, I'll no, you'll second. be able
2: to get the names quick and once you hear me rip through them, but I'll go with some shout-outs first. Uh, Shaq Leonard, he should be at this list, but because of his injuries in recent years, he's kind of fallen out, but I think he'll get back there soon. And then Demario Davis, centerpiece of that New Orleans Saints defense, which could project them to win division, weak division, um, two guys that are all over the field and uh, definitely pro ball caliber players. But starting from my list, I'm going to go with number five at the beginning. I'm going to go with Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, a lot of people have him lower that I've seen on their rankings, but he's only 25 years old. He just left the Buffalo defense to be the centerpiece of the B- the Bears defense. And he got the bag and it's worth it. I think he's going to flourish there and he's going to move into that upper echelon of MLBs. And then coming in at four, got to respect one of the goats of the position. If you'd asked me this five years ago, he's number one, but it's Bobby Wagner. I mean, it's crazy that he's still doing it to this day. He's all over the field, leading the league in tackles, stops through the air and on the ground and gets in the backfield. Crazy how good he is. Coming in at number three, I have one of the Super Bowl heroes from a few years ago, Levante David. Gets a lot of help from Devin White roaming the field with him, but he's the captain of that defense. And the reason that I think that the Bucks are going to hit their win over on the year is going to be because of that defense. And with Levante David at full health, he'll help them do that. And number two, I have AFC North's finest Roquan Smith, who the Ravens brought in um, with a great trade, in my opinion, last year. And then they extended him for almost as much as Lamar uh, this year. But he's the centerpiece of that defense. He's wearing number zero now up in Baltimore. So he's going to have a great year. And then at number one, I think it's pretty consensus here. Fred Warner, best middle linebacker in the league. Super young, super fast. He's like Bobby Wagner on crack. And uh he's just on one of the best defenses in the NFL over the past ten years. So I expect him to keep eating for years to come.
1: I like the list, Ace. Um I'm pretty much well, not the same as you, but I got a few a few of the same names at the top there. Um coming in at number five, I'm gonna go Matt Milano. Uh a little underappreciated in my opinion, but definitely definitely up there. You didn't even give him your honorable mention. I'm surprised there, but um definitely a top. At least top seven guy in my in my opinion. Um, number four, I'm gonna go Shaq Leonard. Like you said, he, I think he would definitely be in the top three. But with his injuries, he's been on, on and off the field, so you gotta gotta respect the guys in the top three. Um, number three, I'm going Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Um, like you said, uh, beast up in the AFC North for those Baltimore Ravens, and I think they're gonna be pretty successful this year as well. So put him at three. Uh, number two, I'm going Levante David. Uh, absolute dog as well. Deserves of to being top two and obviously number one, Fred Warner, um, best best middle linebacker in the league. Like you said, I uh, know I don't think anyone's taking that from him. At least not right now.
2: I like those picks because when Leonard's healthy, he could definitely be number two right behind Warner. Yeah, I, I was, was going to say I, I don't think anybody's uprooting him. But you know what's kind of crazy is we don't use this conversation for uh, Warner. Is Dre Greenlaw is like on the cusp of that top five. Is it because he's on that defense with Warner? That's was my thought process with Milano was Tremaine Edmonds was that middle linebacker up in Buffalo. I want to see how he fares without Milano fares without Edmonds now. Is he still going to be that lockdown defense? I mean, I know there's still a lot of help around him. What does he have? Ed Oliver, two great safeties, some good corners. So, I mean, there's still help up there in Buffalo, but that's the only reason I have him lower. I, I prefer those middle linebackers.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good list coming from both of you. I actually have the same top three as Ace, but I'll get into my five. My five is Tremaine Edmonds. That's a guy that I wanted the Steelers to really go out and get this year when he was signing that free agent deal with the Bears. Uh, that was someone I really wanted to see us come and solidify the, the inside of our defense with. I got Tremaine Edmonds at number five. Number four, I am going to go Darius Leonard. Uh, like Ace said, the injuries do kind of hurt him a little bit and being on the Colts, kind of being on a tough, bad team for the past couple of years has kind of hurt him, but being still one of the best guys in the middle of the field at the position. Uh number three, I do have Levante David, a former Super Bowl champion with the Bucks. He was pretty I mean, he was the face of that defense in my opinion. Him and Devin White were holding down the middle of that Tampa Bay defense, and that was a huge part of the reason they won the Super Bowl. I know they had T B twelve on offense, but excuse me, that defense was something special and him holding down the middle. Number two, another guy I wanted the Steelers to go out and get from the Chicago Bears. Uh Roquan Smith, like A said, goes to Baltimore. Uh he's been a hell of a player since Baltimore got him. He's the I in my opinion, like the ideal Baltimore Raven, just a badass middle linebacker, come in and fill the shoes of some of the greats that they've had on defense throughout my lifetime. Um, I know I was at the Steelers Raven games Steelers Raven game this year in Pittsburgh. I watched Trubisky literally throw Roquan Smith the ball twice. Didn't even really have to do much for it. I don't even think the one time he was looking, he caught it. So uh, Roquan Smith, number two, and then the unanimous number one, Fred Warner, the guy out in San Francisco that's been doing it for a couple of years. Uh, San Francisco, they just breed defenders out there. The In the past, Ace, we've talked about, or we've talked about in general, the Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman arrows out there. And now, like you said, it's, it's Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, and they just keep doing it and doing it. But Fred Warner's for sure the number one middle linebacker in the NFL, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, what's crazy is... A lot of these middle linebackers that we're talking about are all young, too, like Tremaine Edmonds, 25 years oh, old. I didn't give
0: an honorable mention. My honorable mention was Demario Mario Davis. You said him, too.
2: I'm surprised you didn't uh, give Legion of Boom Bobby Wagner a shout-out there. I want I th-
0: to. I want to. I just, I don't know. I feel like he's so slow now.
2: People are waiting on his downfall. It's just not coming, though. Like, he puts up so many tackles, and he affects sacks, forced fumbles, interceptions. It's crazy how he's still doing it at that age. These other guys are all mid-20s. He's in mid-30s. Yeah, Super Bowl champion as well. But um, yeah, Demario Davis—he was really good. A few other guys on the outside that can't think of any. I mean, nobody. Your buddy up in Pittsburgh just got paid like he's a top five middle linebacker.
0: Well, he's out. They're out. I mean, that's outside. So like, oh, he's outside. Yeah, him and him and Water on the outside. Who's so, Edwards those inside? Ed, those Ed rushers just get paid. You have an Edwards inside. does Um, what's his name? I'm blanking right now. Who'd we sign? Spillane? Spillane's gone. We signed at Cole Holcomb. Like, that's our that's always our hole is our middle linebackers. We always have good edge rushers and good D-line. Our middle linebackers are always our weak link. Let me see who our middle linebackers
2: it's are. It's crazy to look at the, the style of play middle linebackers play with nowadays in the NFL, too. You remember back even 10, 15 years ago when we were growing up, Brian Urlacher, Ray Lewis, even Luke Keekly and Patrick Willis, they were these huge guys that would stuff the run, plug the a b gap whatever but now it's you got to be a versatile linebacker with some speed get sideline to sideline cover those rushing quarterbacks it's really important in today's nfl i miss the era of brian Erlacher and ray lewis smacking people across the middle though
0: yeah i know what you mean we just the steelers inside linebackers position depth chart is actually kind of a joke uh cole holcomb and elandon roberts at the starting at roberts the
2: ex-patriot super bowl champion
0: and then uh behind them guy we just signed from new york is at Quan alexander so that's
2: our that's our he, top he was good he's just old he's a tampa bay buck in the year but i i mean i think i have a better uh linebacker group than you mac has got Vander esch down there i think he kind of plays on the outside now but he's not too bad but i like Jawan bentley he's pretty slept on for the patriots and he's got that green sticker on his helmet now and he's really moving up the upper echelon he's gonna get paid when his time comes
0: yeah, that's the one thing the Steelers lack always is middle linebacker. I mean, even the years Devin Bush, like I don't Shazier ever sick, haven't been ever to yeah. fill in
2: Shazier. Literally, they thought so with Bush, and it's a long way fallen. Guys like Miles Jack falling out of the conversation now too. You usually he's see like, him. We, he,
0: I don't. He's not on our team anymore. We we didn't re-sign him. That was a one year deal, and he was like always hurt, and I don't know. The Steelers weren't too big on him, and I I didn't see us bringing him back, and I don't think they did.
2: No, yeah, but Devin White, I mean. We talked about Levante David, but he overshadows Devin Wade. I think he's one of the best young linebackers in the league. Oh, he's, he's,
0: he's probably my honorable mention. That's, that, I, I should have thrown that in there. I don't know how I said his name and didn't put him in there. For a young guy, he's definitely – he's probably one of the – Especially him and what fun, he like, did in the Super guy Bowl run.
2: Remember what he did for the Bucks in that Super Bowl run? Yeah. He's that new style where he can cover guys like Lamar Jackson who roll out of the pocket. Um, Kenneth Murray out on the Chargers. That's another good mention we can give as well. Um, that is a good one else really popping into my mind here but
0: there's some young guys the jaguars have a couple young linebackers that were really good last year uh that but like they have a lot of good like that josh allen he's an edge rusher um
2: your buddy guys i want to say the fellow afc north guy jok a lot of people think he has a potential to shoot up the rankings as well not too bad yeah but uh yeah a lot of good names nowadays i like those lists pretty consensus so uh Definitely see those guys come the season, and we'll get back to you with outside linebackers. I believe next week. Yeah, hopefully I'll, you'll get a hometown boy up in that ranking.
0: I was gonna say we'll do some edge rushers, and I'll 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 actually put together a list there. In, inside linebackers are kind of like I I don't know. There's not too many like there's no Positions Ray Lewis changed. like you Positions said. There's changed. no like, yeah, it's crazy. But all right, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, anyone else got anything? Are we good to wrap it up?
2: I was just going to touch on a few uh, highlights. We mentioned that UFC 291 last week, Justin Gaethje coming ahead with a win over Dustin Poirier. That whole card was a nice one to watch. I know Hoff had some good sharp bets on that. Um, so definitely let us know when you have those picks. We'll we'll post them up for you and uh, definitely talk about them. Got some more UFC yeah, fights coming down, down the pipeline. Got some more bets coming down the pipeline, though. I'm excited for that O'Malley fight uh, in just over a couple weeks here in boston so that'll be a good one and then in other news we had that team usa women's team almost getting edged out of the next the round of 16 in the women's world cup which is crazy because they're the biggest favorite of all time mackie jinx my win last week that's all right they still got in we're getting better odds now in the next round so be ready ride team usa they're gonna bounce back um
0: i'm not even gonna lie i ended up betting that and i was like Why did I bet this? He said it was going to win. Like, I literally was so mad at myself because he jinxed it, and I still took it. Well,
1: I also... I thought it was the gold medal game. I didn't realize it was a damn preliminary game, so that was also the difference. And uh, I thought it was, like, a full game, not like, a regulation time, so... Oh, um, if, there's, if there's extra time, Mackie,
2: Mackie, if there's overtime in that game, they're winning. They were peppering them at the end. They almost took Yeah, you see that? That yeah. was close. That was awesome. They, it, they but... tied at 3 a.m. the other day. To, they almost got knocked out of the Portugal. tournament. They almost got knocked out of the tournament. Now they're going to have to fight for their lives in a tough seating. This is what they wanted. They wanted a little adversity to deal with. Yeah, and I want that on the books, too. Imagine we get them at plus. Whew. Hammer. Never. Never. I'll take a low ones, though. Yeah.
0: All right, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Like Ace said, a couple of the UFC and stuff like that coming up in the coming weeks. U.S. Women's National Team is uh, wrapping up the World Cup. Uh, We'll keep coming with the baseball plays. And like we said, the football season is officially here as we have reached the month of August. Um, Preseason getting underway, like uh, we said, tomorrow with the Hall of Fame game. Stay tuned for any of the plays we have in the NFL, MLB. Uh, as we get closer to college football, college football is right around the corner, coming right before the NFL. We keep saying NFL is almost back, and college football is a week before that. So uh, a lot of sports coming up in the month of August, and we're excited to bring them to you. So, And that's uh, going to do for it for listening. us on this we'll episode of next Hit the week books. For Thank you to everyone 15, who tunes in each and every two. week.
1: Without you, Let's we go. wouldn't be able to do what here we do here. NFL so please, tomorrow. like, share, Let's and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NFL. NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.